The Glory Game, brought to you by Hull Spares, an official Tottenham supporters group. So, uh, welcome to the to episode four of The Glory Game, um, brought to you by the official Spares Supporters Club for Hull. Um, today we've got with us Simon. Hello there. We've got Tracy. Hi. Hi, and we're welcoming back um, Andy. Hello. So, um, guys, it's been a, a busy week. Um, it's been a pretty good week, to be to be fair. We've had three games in a week, three victories. Um, I think we've had three clean sheets as well, haven't we, along the way? Plenty of goals. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the best place to start off was the Burnley game then. Um, start with you, Simon. What do you think to the Burnley game? Well, hit and miss, wasn't it? Because Burnley didn't really turn up. And anybody could have just done a job on Burnley that day. I mean, that's no disrespect to spares, because like, you just play what's in front of you. But even Ben themselves, they'll admit they weren't the best team on the day. So, like I say, you can just beat what's in front of you. And Spurs turned it on. Then you think, yeah, I want to start something. And you go to Fulham in the next game. Totally different. Well, yeah, well, just a quick note. I think that just proves what the Premier League's like. It's so up and down. And every every game is a is a, is a new um, is a new uh, challenge, really, isn't it? Tracy, what do you think to the, the, the Burnley game? I thought we were good going forward, um, but if we played a more like attacking team, uh, that would like come at our defence. We we might have come unstuck. Um, I don't think Burnley attacked that much, um, so our defence were let off quite a bit. Yeah, uh, but like, but, but going, going forward, I thought we looked pretty good. And I really like the look of Gareth Bale at the moment. I, th- I think he's doing well. Yeah, it felt like a, a really nice um, difference from, you know, we have been playing some um, football where we haven't had as much attacking options um, going forward. So it was really nice just to see all them players link up, wasn't it? And yeah, and actually start to, to show the potential of, of what that forward line can do. Yeah. If it was someone like Liverpool or Man City, I think the defence would have been been like awful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, how did you see the Burnley game? What what did you think to it? Yeah, I mean, pretty much echo what Simon said. You know, you can only beat what's in front of you and no disrespect to Burnley. Um, you know, they they just weren't there, we just blew them away. Um, you know, I, I said a couple of weeks ago with the three games, so Burnley, Fulham and Palace tomorrow. You know, really, we should be looking at nine points. I personally said if we come away with five, I'd be happy. Um, obviously, we're beating that as it is, so I'm even happier. Mm. Um, it, it shows what we can do, you know, and I think this is a really frustrating thing. Um, you know, we saw glimpses of, you know, the attacking prowess that we have going forward. Um, and Jose started the Fab Four, as they're now being dubbed on <laughs> on uh, Thursday night. And, you know, it was, um, I wouldn't say it flattered to deceive, but, you know, we should have we should have been three or four up at half-time against Fulham. Um, you know, but, you know, it it's just, it always seems to be that false dawn. You know, we play really well and we get excited and the next day it's back to what we've seen. Um, but it, we're at the time of the season now where we're ugly. You know, win pretty, win ugly, just win. So um, yeah, take it on, take it on. So, so one of the really good things I think about that Burnley game was the early goal. 
of a one yep. surprise. I think that really helped to settle into that game. Otherwise, I think Burnley would have been more difficult um, without that early goal. Yeah, we've seen Spurs score early in a few games and pat the bus. It's sort of like backfire, but it's nice to see like Spurs just keep going and going and going. But that's what, what Burnley was doing, wasn't it? It was just sort of like he used to attack and Burnley was just thinking, what's going on here? I'm not used to this. They thought they was going to pat the bus and just surprise them for a change. Having that little bit of creativity, especially against Burnley, I mean, the pass from Bale to Kane for, I think, was it, was it the second goal? You know, just a little look up and if, I think it was it, Matty Loughton, if he'd have been an inch taller, it had just took it out of Kane's path. But that the vision on that, that's the sort of stuff we've been missing, we've been crying out for. Yeah. Um, well, Kane's been doing it, hasn't he? But the, yeah. there's only been Son on the end of it, really. And I think that's limiting. Um, so, OK, so it was a good result. Um, let's move on to Wolfsburger. That was pretty straightforward, really. I mean, we was more or less through to the next round anyway. Um, Good gauntlet to throw down, though. You know, so it's like you said, we were, we were what were we, 4-1 up from the first leg? And, yeah, we could have gone in and got a 1-1 or, you know, even a 1-0. But we went in and we threw the gauntlet down saying, and I think it's it's pretty obvious that that's the trophy that Jose wants. Yeah. You know, I think he's going all out for that. And will it be at the detriment to the league? Well, we'll come on to that later. <laughs> so it's... Uh... Again, it's nice to see us attacking for, uh, as again. Mm. Front foot confidence, yeah. yeah. I think it makes the it it makes such a difference when some of the players are confident, and I think that's I think that's maybe why we've, we've retreated in games because the confidence hasn't been at a hundred percent for a lot of the players. It's only really Son and Kane that have have really had the the confidence in games that have kind of won us them games, um, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. I, I mean, you look at Son, and I think he's he's dropped a couple of he's dropped a couple of gears for me, Son. I think he's been quite poor. What do you? He looks shattered to me. Well, he has, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Games. Yeah, yeah, he looks tired. I mean, just, just getting the ball and 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 moving forward with it and stuff. He, he, I mean, he works his socks off, and and you, I mean, even against Fulham, which we'll come on to in a minute, he's running all over the pitch. Um, so he really does put the effort in, but um, yeah, he's, he, he looks as though he's just dropped um, a couple of levels in his performances, and he's not scored in was it five, six, seven games or something. Which is poor by his standards, really. <laughs> so it's, uh, but the thing is, like the, the other side of that is that there are other players now stepping up and getting those odd goals. I mean, I know we're, we're heavily reliant on on Harry and Son, but you know. Like the attacking midfield, they just seem to be starting to gel a little bit, and we're getting chance more chances from everywhere. And other players are just starting to step up and get a couple of extra goals as well. Which you know, if if they weren't doing that, then I think we'd be in serious trouble. Yeah, I think I think it leads on to the the Fulham game quite nicely because Spurs have played so many games this season; it's ridiculous how many they've played. And, and we're played 40, three... forty odd now, forty four, are we? The top, the, the top in the league, aren't they, for the most games played in Europe, I think. Um, yeah. and, and you could see on Friday that, although we started the first half well, um, we just looked tired, especially Kane. Um, and, and as you say, Andy, I think it's good to get these players now up and running into the first team to, to help out where people have played lots of games. 
Um, so let's move on to Fulham then, because um, that was a tough watch to to watch that in the end. Um, yeah. Simon, what do you, what, tell us what you think about the Fulham game then, and, and how we saw that play out. Well, considering I missed the first fifty minutes because of them stupid early kickoffs and people had to work, <laughs> I think I saw the worst bit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely saw the worst. It was all Fulham when I got in. I wish I'd stay that way. Um, yeah, I mean, job done, wasn't it? I mean. Like you'll say, you win up, don't you? Yeah, three points. There weren't really much in it. They looked tired, didn't they? And Fulham was just battering them. And it was just a good workout for our defence and the keeper for a change. Yeah, it, yeah go on, three, it were like, it, three were like um, previous games before Burnley, where we just sat back and defended, defended, defended. Once we got that 1 0 uh, lead, we just sat back and defended, defended, defended. Yeah, I've seen a lot of fans saying that. I've got a slightly different take on that because I, I just think Fulham was the better team. And I think I think a lot of times nowadays, it's the blame is put on Tottenham for their performance. But I think Fulham made us perform like that. I think Fulham were the better team. That second half, we couldn't even get out of our box because we couldn't even get the ball off them. So... Yeah. I, I mean, what what do you do in that situation when you can't win the ball? Um, you know, they've got to try and get a goal because they're behind. It it, it it's the dynamic. I, I didn't see that Jose had, had said to the team, right, we need to defend this now. I just saw Fulham take the initiative and, and really take it to Tottenham. And I think they're two slightly different things. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I completely agree. Yeah. You know, uh, Fulham's position... You know, they're all saying it says that the, the short of a striker, if they'd have had somebody who can put the ball in the net, they wouldn't be in the position that they are. Um, they're a much better team than than the league table suggests. Yeah, but, I think so too. You know, so is it like I say, says they I'm gutted from for the goal. I know it's given us three points, but that penalty, sorry, the handball was just ridiculous. It's you know, we've been victims of it where the the foul on Lucas was it last year? I can't, I can't remember Sheffield where United, yeah. Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, you know, we've been victims of it. So what goes around comes around as they always say. But you know, they had they deserved it. And it it's just one of those things. But um, you know, no fair play to Fulham and I, I hope they stay up. You know, so we're like we're like Scotty Parker anyway and you know it seems a decent bloke and uh, obviously is is one of us, um, but now says Fulham. Fulham were the better team, and yeah, they they, they came at us. They, they needed the points, and they came at us. So all credit to them. They're a good team. I think they're a really good team. They've got some really good players, and with that one all against Spurs earlier on in the season, they played really well as well. So yeah, I, I just didn't, I just didn't see them being negative. I just saw that Fulham were taking the initiative and they was taking it to Spurs. That's how I see it. Yeah, and with, like we said, says, with us playing as many games as we are, you know, we are looking tired. We haven't got that little bit where we can break at the speed that we maybe could 10 Kane games looked, ago. Kane you know? so tired, didn't he? He looked yeah. absolutely knackered, especially that Same, if, our, if our two forward outlets, Kane and Son, are both absolutely shattered, then and what do we do? You know, so we do have to soak it up. And uh, like I said, luckily, we got away with it the other night. Tracy, in that situation with with Kane being so knackered, would would you have brought in Vinicius in that game at some point? I was just going to say that. Yeah, could it be a time to bring Vinicius in, um, just to give Kane um, a bit of rest 
Uh, I don't know who I'd replace Sonley to give him a rest because uh, it's obvious they both need a couple of a couple of games rest. And uh, Vinicius has looked good in, in Europa League games that he's played. He has looked good. Yeah, he's, he's scored a few as well, hasn't he? Which I, I know he yeah. hasn't scored any worldies, um, but his record speaks for itself, I, I think. Yeah. I think we said the week before, it says with, with Vinicius, is you've got to play his game. Um, you know, he's, he's not the same sort of striker that Harry is. And I think I said, this is the problem. If you're playing Vinicius, you've got to get people who are going to get the cross the ball in. And I think it was the Wolfsburger game where I think it was Delhi put the cross in far post and he just tapped it and edited it in. Mm-hmm. Exactly what, you know, what we were saying. This is, is there is a big six foot plus striker. Get the crosses in, see what he can do. And yeah, it, it'll work. But they've just got to play the rest of the team behind him. Well, yeah. Delhi's so good at that, isn't he? He decided the other night when he, uh, was it him or I think it was Son actually when he put that ball in for Kane, when he missed that header. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, Ali is really good at getting that ball to the, the far end of the post. He's really good at being there as well. So I think that's a big plus point for, for the. Th- and he's also a regular, I know, for a good crossing. Yeah. If he can get forward. I love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go back. Let, let's go back to the game then, and and go back to the just players' performance. Simon, what did you think of um, Hugo? Well, I've slipped. Is this for the, the Fulham game? The Fulham game, yeah. Well, what I saw of him, yeah, he kept us in the game. I mean, so I didn't see much of it last sort of like half an hour, forty minutes. But yeah, I actually praised him for for once rather than slating him. <laughs> Because he's had some criticism recently, hasn't he? Do, do yeah, that's, do you think that's bad? Yeah, I'm one of them. I've, I've said to him, I said, yeah, you need to get rid of or drop him and put somebody else in. And cash, I think it's time to cash in still, while we can. But that's another subject, isn't it? Which keeper comes in next? Yeah. I think we'll come on to that. <laughs> yeah, as I was say, this is the well, other subject. Well, it's interesting, because what would we, really, what would we get for, for Hugo if we were going to sell him? What kind of price range do you think we'd be getting? What, what's he got? He's only got a year left on his contract. Um, I think, you know, it's what we've discussed before, you know, with all these players. Daniel Levy will want 90 million for him. <laughs> you know, where yeah. PSG will want to pay £2.50 in a packet of crisps and that'll be in instalments. It's, uh, you know, I think what we'll get for him, I, I reckon 15, a push. And everybody's saying he's a World Cup winning keeper, but the market's not there. You know, I read so much on Twitter from all these people saying that we're going to go out and buy all these players. We've had 12 months of absolutely no finances going into the club. So what are people expecting? You know, I, I don't I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it, but I don't think we'll get much or as much as we, we think or would like. I just don't think clubs are going to pay it. No, I think you're right. I think 15 million is is more than I probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd say 10. I'd, somebody come in with 10 million, I'd take it. The problem, the problem is, how much are you going to spend to get a decent replacement in? You know, and, and then what replacement do we get? If the option was there, then would would you sell him or would you keep him? Sell him. So it's ten million. You sell him. Yeah. You'd have to. You'd have to get in someone of quite high caliber to replace him. I well, think this is, this is the issue. 
Yeah. You know, so it's the really, like, sorry, Tracy, go on. Sorry, I really like Dean Anderson at Man United. So I'd I'd try and get him. But I don't know, I don't know if he'd come because it's he wants to be Man United number one, but I really like Dean Anderson. So he'd be my show, definitely, but I don't think Man United would tell him to us. The problem I have with Dean Anderson at the moment is game time. Last season he was playing all the time. Brilliant. This season you don't know how he's affected him. Being but if he's gonna come in as number one, you know he's gonna play. Yeah. Well he might take yeah. about two months to get settled in. So get well, him in the first of June. <laughs> he's a young keeper as well, isn't he? So it, it Yeah. You know what it's like for keepers? Any mistakes that that, that a keeper will make and a younger keeper probably makes more mistakes. Um they just get hounded. Um well, it's like that Leeds keeper. I, I rate him and he gets hounded. Yeah. yeah. He looks about twelve though, don't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's about twenty year old, isn't he? Yeah. But but he don't look that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just don't know would bring in who would be good enough at the level of what Hugo is. I, I do think he's on Probably on the decline, but for me, I would I would still keep him. I think there's. there's I, I would keep him for another year. Yeah, there's positions yeah. in the team that I think are just crying out for investment over a over a keeper. To be to be honest, central defence definitely. Yeah, well, let's move on to that then, because um, <laughs> it was um, it was uh, Toby and Sanchez um, starting again. So. Um, it doesn't look as though Toby's going to be starting that Palace game, which scares the life out of me. Because if Dyer comes back in, then Dyer and Sanchez, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. But I thought they played quite well together. Um, I thought Sanchez played all right. There's, he still looks nervous as hell, but um, I think they did all right. Yeah, yeah that was my. Go on, Tracy. That was it. That was my point I put on the South Yorkshire Spurs page. That I thought it looked more. I don't rate Sanchez. But I thought he looked more confident alongside uh, Toby, and I got slated for it. <laughs> really? um, I wasn't, I, I, yeah, I wasn't praising him, and I didn't, I didn't rate, I don't rate him as a central defender. I'd sell him in the summer, uh, but I just thought the last two games alongside Toby, he just looked a bit more, a, a bit more confident. He's a lot calmer. Um, yeah, but I still want. Yeah. yeah, I still want a new central defender in in summer. The I I was going to say this is a few years ago. It was like when I think it was Michael Dawson first came in to Spurs, and when he was alongside somebody, whether it be for Spurs or England, um, I think he was alongside John Terry for one game for England, and he was so much better being told his positioning. And when he was alongside yeah. Ledley King, you know, Ledley was bossing him, but when. He was the like the authority defender. He seemed to slack off a little bit, and I think Davinson's exactly the same. You know, put him alongside somebody quality like Toby. Toby was bossing him, and you know, and past couple of games he's looked all right. You know, let's let's say yeah. Yeah. still still scares the bejesus out of me when he gets the ball and he's he's looking around and he just doesn't know what he's going to do with it. But it, it made I think it was against the fun game. He made a fantastic tackle last minute. Um, and he's done some decent stuff the past couple of games, but no, I, I completely I think, agree. He did it in the Burnley game as well, didn't he? That sliding yeah. tackle, I think, on was it Rodriguez? Yeah, absolutely fantastic tackle. That I, I think you're right about the um, sitting with Toby. The, the thing that we're not privy to is the kind of 
the leadership qualities that Toby brings. It as you say, he might be in his ear all game, you know, telling him what to do. And I think he can only benefit from that. Simon, yeah. what do you think to the the pairing? Do you think that's the best pairing that we've got at the moment? Um. Well, yeah. Well, I'd say yeah, because Sanchez needs games under his belt, and the only way he's going to improve is by getting games. But it's the wrong time of the season to start playing him if you're not going to pick up the points. Uh, you either try and move him out of position. I would say Sanchez, put him in the midfield. See what Sanchez. Yeah. That's a Even controversial more. move, that Simon. Look at Dyer. Dyer's gone from the middle to, to the fence. <clears throat> Beef him up a bit. Then it, it might it might improve him, or at least we'll know if we tried it how it's going to work out. But interesting. I bet that's not crossed Jose Mourinho's mind once since he's been there putting him in the midfield. <laughs> I, I, he's, I, a big, I, he's a big lad though, isn't he? So, look did the you see him when he knocked him off the, the other guy off the ball when there was down the, there the touch line was and he just kind of put the other guy on his ass. That was that was good. I've not seen that from him before. So I just, yeah. need, just need beefing up a bit. It's a bit of confidence. He's, he's in the middle. He knows he's got somebody behind him in case he makes a mistake. The problem is he makes a mistake and he's thinking, I've only got the keeper to help me out here. And I think that's half his problem. Confidence. But like you say, you've got Toby next to him. If he's back in his ear all the time, he's probably putting him off his game a little bit. Yep, maybe. And Halbier might help him if he goes into midfield. Halbier might help him. Yeah. Like be be his, like his boss in midfield. And then he could have Jaffa alongside. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's he's a few he's got the future, but he's got to get to the future, hasn't he? So do, do you think they're out. gonna do you think they're gonna get rid of him in the summer? Do you think he's he's on the list of Having said, yeah, I think it's more of a case of who's going to buy him, or you know, I, th I think he'd probably end up in Spain on a loan deal, um, something like that. Because again, it's, it's this tra this transfer window is going to be a really strange one. There's not many clubs that have got money, um, so I think he might he might leave on loan because uh, yeah. I don't think he'll be. You know, personally, I want to see more of um, Tanganga and Rodon. You know, Jose apparently sees Tanganga as the right back. Um, I'd love to see him and Rodon as, you know, start building up for the central defensive partnership. I want to see more of Rodon because he, he looks quality. But again, you know, if we bring in another defender, these youngsters that we're waxing lyrical over, they're going to get annoyed and they're going to want out. So then where do they go? You know, well, they're... They... Do you, not, do you not see if we brought... I think we're crying out for another defender, a proper central defender, someone like Ruben Diaz, who we was linked with in the past at Man City, a real tall, commanding figure. If we bring someone in like that, or Skriniar, or someone like that, do you think the youngsters will be the first ones out the door? Do you think Sanchez and Dyer would be in the firing line? I don't think Dyer will go anywhere. Um, go on. It says, no, I just don't think Dyer will go anywhere because um, Jose loves him. You know, it says he's, he's wanted him. He wanted him at Man U. They speak Portuguese. I, I just don't see Dyer going anywhere. But Sanchez, yeah, I think he'll be down the pecking order. The youngsters, I don't know what they've got to do. Tanganga's played a few games and he's played well. Rodon's, when he's been on, he's, he's played well. Yeah, he had the mistake against Liverpool, I think it was. But, I mean, that's Liverpool. It's... 
I don't know. It's as it's like Chelsea in it buying all these players and stockpiling them for for what? You know, we're not we're not paying the sort of salaries that these bigger clubs are. The way players are happy sat on the bench for 100, 125, 50k a week. I, I don't know. If as a youngster you want to be playing, and I think again, do they go out and learn? But then when likes a road on, why do we sign him if we're just going to ship him back out? Who, who would you see out the door then, Tracy? Who, personally, do you think are, are, are not good enough for the team or the squad or they've had the day or whatever? Um, I think Davison. I think Davison would be my first choice to, to be sold. And um, like um, someone's just said, I think it was Simon, bring Rodan and Tananga in. Um, I don't know who... I'd bring in to replace Toby, you know, because we, we still we do need an experienced central defender. But I can't think of anybody who we, we would be able to get because of that Daniel Lever. I was restricted with um, the, the wages, uh, the prices that clubs are wanting. Uh, um, but I, I would really like to give Tananga and Rodan a um, a shout. Uh, yeah, next a good, good run in the team. It's a shame that they've not yeah. been able to play Europa League games with with Roda not being um, qualified. It, well, not registered. Sorry, in the squad. Um, yeah. I, I, the way I see Sanchez is, we paid a lot of money for him, and I think that, that maybe seeing more of an investment, and that's maybe why we're trying to play him so much now, is to try and get him into moulding in into this this central what, what, what was it was it is he like 30 million yeah it's a lot of money and 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 he had a lot of potential it's probably a bit more of a pochettino style player obviously because when he was in charge he, he bought him more or less yeah. or the team bought him and and i think it stems back from the ix game in the man united with man united where i think it said some. Did you see the Amazon Prime documentary where I think the first training session or something? He said to Sanchez, "We knew he was, we was going to beat you from the minute we, we we saw you on the pitch or your body language or something." Yeah. Have I, I have I imagined that? Or he did say that to Sanchez, didn't he? I think he yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I, I don't think Mourinho really rates Sanchez, but I think because he's so fit and he's so fast, he sees him as a better alternative to. Um, to die, who was, was absolutely been terrible. I just can't see how why we would keep Dyer at the club. He's been there too long. He's, he's not really fulfilled his potential. He had maybe two good seasons about five years ago. <laughs> and that's it. I just think he's a terrible defender. I think yeah. we should have him nowhere he's near definitely not defender. Yeah, he's definitely not a defender. But Jose, Jose seems to like him. I like someone's just said... He, he was trying to get him for Man United, you know, so he seems to be like the blue-eyed boy to, to Mourinho. I, d- I, don't know. I don't know how true that still is, though, because I think when Mourinho wanted him, it was when he was in midfield, and it was that 2016-17 yeah. season where we we was really good and we didn't lose it's, a game at home. I think it stems from there, doesn't it? Well, I mean, he was defensive mid when he was uh, die when yeah. Jose wanted him. And what was one of the first things... Jose's done. He's been out and bought Hoiber, who's been, you know, absolutely out of this world, you know, in that defensive midfield player. So 
two years, two, three years down the line, you know, obviously Jose has seen something where where Dyer's not the fit. It says it's uh, so yeah. I think, again, I think he likes his personality and his drive and his you know, he's quite ferocious, especially in games against Chelsea and Man United and so he always seems to relish playing in them big games, Dyer. But I just think his judgment and his um positioning sense and, and all them defensive qualities that I think we're lacking, he's just he's not got them. No. Unfortunately. I mean I, I like the guy. I think he's I'd love to I'd love him to develop into a John Terry type player, but he's just had too many chances to 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 kind of fulfil that and just I just don't think he's good enough. And don't forget we signed him for what? A couple of million? Yeah, it was peanuts once ago. So he doesn't owe us anything. It's not as if we brought him in for like 60, 70 million. Um, interesting. Anyway, we've had loads of dire debates in the past. <laughs> Let, let's move. Let's move on to another couple of players who I think we should be sling out the dice. Is the fullbacks, um, Doherty and um, Davis? I mean, just not good enough for me. What do you guys think? We'll start start with Simon. Well. I thought Liverpool was signing him at first, but obviously they got the other Ben Davis, didn't they? <laughs> um, yeah, he's not top six player, is he? For playing for the top six teams, he needs to go down a peg or two, doesn't he? Like, say, it's probably fitting Palace's team really well, but just not. He can't cut it. Well, I don't know if that's because of the formation they're playing or the pace of the game or the style of the team. But well, they must have seen something in him in the first place to sign him. Davis. Yeah. Well, he's been there a long time, hasn't he, as well? Yeah. So, uh, another one who I don't even think is. I think he's just settled, isn't he? And he's happy as he is. But you need more than that now. You need that bit extra. And if you're out cutting it, you just sort of like, like the art, and he just fills in the gaps every now and again. And mm. when he does, he just can't hack it. There's a clear distinction in quality, isn't there, when Reggie comes in the side? Oh, yeah. Yeah, two, two different players, even though it's the same position, it's two different completely players, isn't it? When Reggie comes on, it's like the team lifts as well. Mm. What do you think, Tracy? What do you think to the full-backs against Fulham? Against Fulham. Um, they just didn't offer, I don't think they offered us anything, uh, especially like Ben Davis. Um, I can't remember who played it right back. It wasn't Aurea, do it, do it Doherty, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if he's just lacking confidence and maybe give him another season just to see how he how he goes. Because like some players take a, a while to settle in. Um, I know he's got a lot of Premier League experience, or like some Premier League experience, cruel wolves. Mm. Uh, but maybe just give him one more season, see how he settles next season and see if he's any better. Um He's also not used to playing Mourinho's way because at Wolves, he was more like a wing back and more attacking um, and going forward. And I think he's got to do a lot more defending under Mourinho's way. So it's a, t- a total different position that he's playing. I think Fulham certainly pinpointed him as a weakness in the team, didn't they? Because you yeah. could see that yeah. every single ball they was playing was to... And, and every single time he was he was kind of out of position and it looked to me like he couldn't handle it um, yeah. which I thought was a bit um, scary I think sometimes yeah, sorry, 
I was just going to say, I think sometimes it's the backup that, you know, the one, you know, who's been playing on the right. So if Dirty does get forward, who's dropping back in? Um, and the past couple of games where he's played, he's linked up with Bale in that, he's, he's looked a better. I wouldn't say he's been startling, but he's looked better where he's got the confidence. But when Sissoko's been in that position and Doherty looks terrified going forward because he knows that space is going to get left and nobody's going to fill in for him. Mm. Um, so again, it's maybe something to look at you know, further down the line. I think Doherty deserves another season. Um, you know, Ben Davis, as you've you've rightly said, been there too long. I think we had this conversation, it was either on the last podcast or the other one that we were on. Spurs have this knack of keeping players for far too long. Um, you know, like with Liverpool at the minute, the press are all talking, you know, they're on a bit of a bad run. They're on about having an overhaul with uh, Sané, uh, Salah and uh, Firmino, you know, getting rid of some of their forward line, mixing the team up a bit. Um, you know, we don't. You know, we'll just buy another... I, I, something I was thinking about earlier on, I remember a statement from a few years ago, and I can't remember how long ago, but Daniel Levy turned around and said that he wanted to change Tottenham's transfer policy and buy younger players, you know, n- nobody over the age of 25. Yeah. And this is what we seem to do. We buy these younger players, but... Either they don't progress, but even if they don't progress, we don't ship them out. So we stockpile these average mid-table players and then we, we just, like, repeat it. We just recycle it. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think it's too comfortable from though. <coughs> I mean, yeah. you look at some of these players like Davis and... When you think about it, and I, and I thought about how you can link it to when... Teams say that the managers lost the dressing room. A lot of these players, they won't want to go because they know they'll never play for a bigger club than Tottenham. They know that they'll never have a better training facility and and all the stuff that's laid on from. They'll never have as good as that. So really, when you start seeing dips in performance from teams as a whole, you know it's probably because of the reason of they know they're going to get shipped out by the manager who doesn't think they're any good. Plus, on the other side of it, you look you look around the squad. If Ben Davis, for instance, Reggie's being injured and he's just coming back from injury, you know he's going to look around thinking, "I'm getting picked here." You know, this is there's no threat. Again, going back a few years ago, it was when um, I think we had Asuokoto and Danny Rose, and um, Asuokoto looked or one of them. I think it was Danny Rose. He went on loan to Sunderland, mm. and he came back and. The competition, the level between Danny Rose and Asu Okota, it just increased and both players really progressed. You know, so they both looked like they were fighting for that number three share or that, that left-back position. And we don't look like we've got any of that. You know, so Dan, Ben Davis is going to look around the team thinking, oh, Reggie's struggling a bit here. I'm going to get a game at weekend. Mm. And no matter what he does. Um, and it's a set you could probably go through most of the team and think, you know, Pick pick most of the starting eleven tomorrow, um, but on, on players that you know are going to are going to play. There's no yeah. comparison there. I, I think we've seen it slightly with Aurier. I mean, he he was so <laughs> bad last season. He's been all right this season, and I think that's probably because we've had a right back to, to challenge him. But challenge him, yeah. The thing with Davis is, I feel terrible, kind of slating him and pinpointing him because he's the sort of player you want in a squad. He's so professional, you know, you know, he's he gives a nice guy. ball every time. I just don't think he's good enough. 
And that's the, it only comes down to that is not good enough. And can we do better? And, and any top six team, he would be nowhere near it. And I just think that's where he kicks in of, can we do better? And, and probably, yeah, we can do better. I think it was a few weeks ago, Matt, I'm sure it was you that said, you know, when you look across our team, how many of them would get into those top six sides, you know, Depends. right across the ball? And Hardly any of them. I mean, yeah. even even Toby, which I think is brilliant, and I, and I love him. I don't know if he'd get in any of them teams as well. What what do you what do you guys think, Sam? And what do you think of uh, of that? If, how many of the our players would get into a top six team now? Uh, obviously, Son and Kane will just walk into anybody's team. Um, I beg, and I and I think that's probably it. But you. That's probably Spurs for constant best three players at the moment. We'll probably get into any top six team. But like you say, the rest. I was just going to say I'd put Dombele in there as well. I don't know. Cause I, I don't rate his fitness level. I don't think he's fit enough to get in a top six team. He might do a job for 20 minutes, but we saw this last season, didn't we? He's just not fit enough. I don't know what you guys think. I think, he's, I think he's improved. I mean, he's, he's playing pretty much 90 minutes week in, week out now. Um, you know, it seems to be every, every game. Whether it's consistent 90 minutes is, you know, that's another question. But he's, yeah, I mean, that, that position that he's playing, I, I'd have, I'd, it'd be one of, he is one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Um, and I think he would. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd walk into Man U, I think. I think he's better than Pogba. Um, I agree with that. You know, so Pogba's... All pomp and circumstance, in he? and you know, living on his reputation. But I've never actually do anything. Um, so I, I, I think Ndombele would walk into most of them. Um, you know, pers- I mean, I'm not a fan of Jordan Henderson and uh, Liverpool. Um, I think our centre and mid are better than Liverpool's. You know, I can't remember who else is in Liverpool. I mean, I, I detest them anyway, but. Tracy, would you? Out of all players who would get into the top six side, do you think? I think Toby might get in Man United, you know, uh, alongside Harry Maguire, uh, because I don't rate Lindelof at Man United. I don't rate him. So I think Toby might get in theirs, but I can't see him getting in anybody else's. Uh, Reggie, I think he'd get in uh, any top six side. Obviously, Son and Kane uh, and Holbier, but uh, that's that's it. You know, because that argument uh, last Sunday between Jay Redknapp and Roy Keane, I was actually backing Roy Keane because <laughs> <So was> I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, because he was like saying exactly what us Spurs fans are saying. You know, these, we haven't got that many players who would get into a top sixteen and. And challenged for Premier League. I don't know. I don't know about that. It was a good argument, though. I, I mean, I, I certainly yeah. I could see what Roy Keane was on about, but I, I just don't know why he has to be so damning about us. I mean, oh yeah, he's what? always got an agenda against us. <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. It's like we, we, look, every team plays shit every now and again, but just to kind of pick out and say like all these players won't get in the top six I don't even think anyone posed that question anyway did they I mean it's not like they they asked him the question he just threw it out there that a lot of these players 
aren't good enough. And I think we we agree. Players like Doherty and Davis and Dyer and Sissoko and and you know I've questioned Lucas Moore and and Lamella as well. But I think they've improved a bit recently. I, I think they're crap as well. Every squad has crap players in them. So I don't know why it seems like there's always an agenda against spares. I, I just think we, I think spares always seem to get really negative responses from pundits and, and the media. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Why do you think it is? Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. Because um, this is one of my arguments at, at work. We've got lots of United fans, lots of Liverpool fans. Now Liverpool are on a five-game run where they've lost at home and nobody's saying all about that. Pardon? Paul Liverpool, they've got so many injuries though. <laughs> I know. That, that's, that's the thing. The press <laughs> and pundits are always on about that. Now, we went on a three-game run where we didn't win and there were honours constantly saying how shit we were, how Zach crap Marino we were. And, yeah, yeah that Mourinho. Uh, why aren't they on Liverpool's back? Why is it always Paul Liverpool this, Paul Liverpool that? Well, the media darlings, aren't they? The you know, and it's. I always say so, like going back when, back in the olden days when I first started supporting Spurs in the seventies, there was only two teams that you supported. It was Man U or Liverpool. Um, you know, going back to the early late seventies, early eighties, you know, and I dared support somebody different. Um, and I've had Liverpool rammed down my throat. All my life, all my family are Liverpool fans. My sister and her son, my granddad was a Liverpool fan, and I've had them just ran down my throat, which is why I probably the, the, the team I I hate the most. And it's just this divine right that the fans think, yeah, they were they were a very successful team, and you know I'm not denying that, and I do respect the history that they've had, but it's as if the fans think they've got this divine right that. They've got to win everything. They've got to be challenging for everything. And the media support it, you know, and I, I don't understand it. I, you know, that we want. I, I don't care if people slagging off Spurs or promoting Spurs, but when you tune into a Spurs game, like, what are we tomorrow night? Quarter past, it's, uh, quarter past seven kickoff, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Before it, we've got um, Man U, Man City. So you know who's going to be in the studio talking about the game. And nobody's going to be, you know, there's going to be no Spurs pundits there. But then we'll, yeah. will Jamie Redknapp out because he played for us once. But he and he us off the most. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Yeah. But it, it takes <laughs> a box, doesn't he? <clears throat> yeah. Like Michael Dawson works the sky. So why isn't he in the studio my wear fan? I think he's a bit <laughs> cliquey, though, isn't it, Sky? I think they're all kind of the little pocket of all the favourite ones that are always on. Yeah. I don't, how Souness gets on there, I don't know, because he's twat, isn't he? Graham he used to play for Spurs, didn't he? Yeah. He, yeah, he, he would play back in the olden days, so that takes a Spurs box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just seems like, um, it, it feels like they're always trying to put us in a corner of sit down, you know, you're not a big enough team, stop thinking you're a big enough team. Well, yeah. we're like Dirty Dancing, we're Baby Osman and you know, Jose Mourinho. Yeah. No, no, no one Nobody puts Spurs puts in, the in the corner. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the title of the podcast. No one's put, put Spurs in no. the corner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just just moving on then, um, we'll just quickly talk about Ali and 
he's back in the side now, and I think that's great. I think we touched upon it a little bit earlier. Um, it's good to have him coming back into a squad, a bit refreshed. I did read today, however, though, that Hugo had said um, since his failed move to PSG, he's, he's starting to make the effort now, which pissed me off a bit because I, it of course kind of validates why Mourinho won't play in him. Um, and, and even the other night when he was subbed off, it looked as though he was pissed off. I just think he's a bit of a... Brat. Yeah, he's become a bit of a brat. I don't know, what does everyone else think? Yeah, he chucks his dummy out at Pram too quick. Mm. You know, instead of fighting, he chucks his dummy out. The, the guy's quality, you know, he is the against the Burnley game, I thought he was outstanding and fully deserved man of the match. Um, the guy's quality, but... And it's what we were saying earlier on. He's got no divine right to be in that starting eleven. You know, he's Deli Alley. Same as Gareth Bale. You know, he's Gareth Bale, you know, one of the world's greatest footballers, uh, you know, over the past few years. And it doesn't have a right to be... Not None of those players, not one of them, has a right to be starting every game. You've got to earn it, you know? Yeah. I think he really wanted to go to PSG as well. Probably for more money, probably for more... Um, mixing with Neymar and getting more social um, spotlighting probably on him and I think um, it, it, I'm glad that they didn't sell him or loan him out because um, it would have given him what he wanted he's going to yeah. have to work hard now and it, maybe it all came a bit too soon for him and too quick at a young early age and he's, he's maybe turned him into some kind of a bit of a diva and might, might, this might straighten him out but yeah I, I think it's another I think it's another credit to, to Mourinho for, for for sticking by his guns and 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 keeping him out of the team when he could clearly see he wasn't trying and he wasn't making the effort and yeah if someone's a lazy trainer like you said at the start then bollocks to him I don't care what they've done in the past. Yeah, the past it's like the, yeah, it's like the Bale situation. Um, Graham saw on Sky one week saying that Bale should be knocking on the door ranting and raving, not just sat on bench and accepting it. But if Bale did that to Mourinho, he would be shipped back to Real Madrid tomorrow, the, the yeah. day after. Um, so I, I, I don't agree with Bale like, laughing and joking on the bench, but I think he's done the right thing in not airing his views and just kind of accepting it and biting his way back into the team. Don't you think... The media will pick up on something like that and make a bigger story of what what it is. I mean, the things like laughing on the bench. All the subs are laughing on the bench, aren't they? It's not like he's yeah. sat there putting the Vs up to Mourinho while the game's going on. Yeah. The, but but to get a story out of a camera angle and seeing him laughing or whatever, they just build a, a storyline around it that is negative yeah. to spares once again. And it, 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 it kind of pisses yeah. me off that. His body language was different at Real Madrid when he was on the bench at Real Madrid. Yeah, his body language was totally different to what it is on the bench at Spurs. So, to me, you can tell that he's happy. Yeah, he's, he's a lot happier at Spurs than he were in, in Real Madrid. Did you mean laughing year. on the bench when he was at Madrid then? I don't think you were, no. I think he was like just sat, his face is a bit low. Yeah, um, he'd got, I'd, I'd seen a picture where he's got, um, Something over his eyes mm. and his feet up on the seat in front. Yeah. Um, he just like, won't play, he was he? he? No, and it's fair. It's interested. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think that he, he hasn't been great, 
but it's simply down to the fact he hasn't been fit. And I think you now see him fitter and, and, and he's getting goals as well. So I, I think it's great that they're both coming into the team at the right time. And then you've got Lacelso coming in, hopefully in the next few weeks, you know, that, that'll feel like a new signing for us. I, th- I think, I think it, I'm really optimistic that we can make a push for top four. Well, all that thought, because that might come up in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that is typical Spurs. You get optimistic after a few results and then we'll get beat by Palace and then that'll be it. It'll be like season over. Um, so let's move on then. So do you want to do some member stuff now, Andy? Because um, I think we've got some questions and then we'll do predictions. And Or did you want yeah. to do, um, are, are we doing any section with Tracy? Oh yeah, shall we? This is yeah. uh... <laughs> well, let, let, let's find so, let's, let's find out a bit about Tracy first, then before we move on to uh, the next part. Yeah, so all it is, Tracy. It's just a, a yeah. quick fire, few questions. I'll I'll delete one of them. Um, so it's just just to find out about you. So obviously, give us your name then. What, what's your name? Um, Tracy Davison. Right. And how long have you supported Spurs? Thirty years. And why Spurs? Why Spurs? Um, I used to fancy Gary Lineker, man. Um, I first watched the World Cup in 1990. Lineker was playing for England, and I thought, whoa, who does he play for? Luckily, he just signed for Spurs, and I started following him. When he went to Japan, I just could not stop. I tried supporting Sheffield United because of my dad, and went to one game, sat bored the whole way through it. Uh, and I just thought, right, that's it. I want to sports first, and I have done ever since. So, I suppose I know the answer to this next question. Then, your favourite Spurs player ever, <laughs> and the question <laughs> is why. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's a toss-up between Gary Lineker and Robbie Keane, um, oh, yeah. and both because I thought they were gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and who's your favourite current player? Current player, I'd say Hulb, yeah. I, I like Kane for his goals, um, but Hulb, yeah, he seems to put that fight back into the field in, in, to me. God, then the, then the last question then is, what's your best Spurs memory beyond the Champions League? <laughs> um, I think the 2008 semi-final against Arsenal, when we beat them five, I think it was 2008, when we beat them 5-1, and we got through to the final um, against Chelsea. Yep. Um, so I think like the, the semi-final and final that year, because we beat the two, the two rivals. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I've just got a question. I've got a quick, quick one. Where, where are you from, Tracy? Are you from Sheffield? I am from Sheffield, yes, born and bred. Oh, lovely. So you can see the, the whole Spurs group meet. Are you part of the South York? Is it South Yorkshire Spurs? Yeah. I was yeah. just about to yeah. say, Tracy needs to do an introduction yeah. to herself and tell us what she does. I know what she does, but other people won't. Yeah, yeah um, I head up South Yorkshire Spurs, which is part of, uh, well, we're like part of Yorkshire Spurs. Um, so I try to keep up to date with all the news at Tottenham. Um, and put on that on. I don't try and put on rumours uh, on, on the page. Transfer rumours. Yes, 
I just put on when I when I know it's back from from the Tottenham website, Tottenham Twitter account. That's when I put it on. Uh, so I just like try to keep up um, all that. I'm trying to once we got out of lockdown, uh, I'm going to try and organise some meetings um, in Sheffield uh, for for our group members. Brilliant. And do you yeah, guys all get together and watch the games and stuff in in pubs and? Well, that's, that's um, what I was just going to say. Yeah, before um, lockdown, we I was trying to get a group together, um, but it wasn't really taking off. So I'm going to like me. Uh, but I think I was I was expecting too much because I was trying to do some meetings in Sheffield, some meetings in Doncaster, and oh, it right. became it became too much. So I'm just going to localise it to Sheffield at, at the moment when, when lockdown's lifted and we can start going in pubs again. And are there a lot of Spurs fans around Sheffield? Obviously, you've got United and Wednesday there, two two clubs. I've I've met a few on the tram because uh, I work on Sheffield Sub Tram, um, so I've let, I've met quite a few Spurs fans on there uh, because obviously I've got my Tottenham badge on my on my uniform, I've got my Tottenham lanyard on, uh, so people see it and say, "Oh, Spurs fan," you know, and we get talking. Oh, brilliant! Uh, oh, well, that's great that like you've come on this show then. It's good yeah, thank you. Um, the East Yorkshire side of the supporters group. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Okay. So let's move on to. Uh, is there any stuff that you want to talk about, Andy, for the for the group? Yeah. Well, first off, we're going to give a shout out to um, Finley uh, Finley Stone and Henry Taylor. Um, they're going to be mascots for the Crystal Palace game tomorrow. Uh, virtual mascots. So you know, thanks to Owen and Scott for putting them forward. Hopefully, again, over time, we're going to be getting a lot more opportunities for more kids to to be mascots. So, so stay tuned. The, Can the 40-year-olds be mascots by any chance? I'm first. I'm 47, so I'm first. <laughs> 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 I think if, if they started doing adults, I think there'd be a real scrap for it. it <laughs> Can I hold Harry Kane's hand walking out of <laughs> Um, so yeah, a big shout out to those two, and um, you know, congratulations. We'll look forward to seeing you on the screen tomorrow. Um, the next thing from there really is the predictions league, you know, and nobody got Fulham nil Spurs one. So the table is pretty much as is. Um, got, I'm not going to go through all the names because there's loads of people, so I'll just go through the top few. Um, five points we've got Barry Thurkettle. On six points, we've got Steve Casey, Lee Melton, and Ben Bailey. And at the top of the table, Dan Lawrence. And me. <laughs> oh, you as well. So, nice. so, yeah, so me and Dan at the top of the table on uh, seven points. So another post will be going up either later today from Scott, I reckon, about the uh, Palace predictions tomorrow. But we'll talk about that as a group in a bit on there. So yeah, so everything's moving as far as the uh, the membership side of it's going. We're having a meeting. The committee's having a meeting uh, next week, I believe, into Sai um, next week, yeah, to discuss you know what's going on. We've just received our official members pack from um, from Spurs today with our cards, um, the bank account set up and PayPal set up, ready for. Uh, you know, whatever we decide to do from there with merchandise or everything. So everything's moving in the right direction as far as the official status goes. 
Is that um, offshore Switzerland account, Toby, yet, Andy? Hey, <laughs> 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 as treasurer, I can neither confirm nor deny that allegation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I so say everything's moving in the right direction. We've got a date for pubs reopening. I don't think we'll see anything this season or whether or not we do something for um, the Euros. I'm sure that, well, I'll be going in White Hart. I'm going to have a Veltins and watch an England game. So um, I'm sure there'll be a few of us meeting up at some point because we've missed our Veltins. Um, other beers are available. We're not sponsored. so it's, uh, But um, yeah, everything's moving in the right direction as far as uh, the official status goes. So um, yeah, just keep watching the pit on the, the, uh, the social medias. Brilliant. Okay, so just moving on then. I think we've got uh, we've got some questions, Andy. Or yes, uh, we've had a few. Um, you know, we've gone different different places um, from Player Pro Limited, which is Scott's business. And again, it goes on to what we were talking about earlier on. We have a lot of options in attacking midfield with Delhi back in favour. In the summer, I think we will have to unload at least one. If so, who do you think will go? I.e. Lamella, Lucas, Bergwijn, Delhi, Geo, etc. Mm, interesting. Any thoughts, Simon? I'd say Lucas Mora on that one. I think he's he's had his time. He's not in. I don't think he can improve anymore. Can Geo, and I think maybe a move to him. still in the Premier League just to see how he gets on. But uh, somebody like Southampton take a gamble on him. Mm. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I, th I think he plays better in that number 10 slot. He's been playing better recently yeah. in number 10 slot. Yeah. Still doesn't offer a lot, does he? No. But Lamella, if you'd have asked me this question two or three weeks ago, I'd have, I'd have said him, but he's another one who's improved really well in these past few games. Well, but, that was another question I'll just inject here as well. This was from Pete, um, sent it through earlier on. With the way Lamella is playing at the minute, would you class him as a top player? Well, <laughs> to me, I mean, going to what we were saying earlier on, I think Lamella's been there too long. Yeah. Um, he's, he's playing well, and I love his shithousery when he comes on, and again, especially against Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, but, you know, thank you very much. Good luck with your future endeavours. There's the door for me. And the same with Lucas and Stevie. Um, the law will be remembered for you know what Lucas did in the Champions League final, what Stevie did against Man City on his debut. But yeah, I'm sorry, you're not offering enough. We want better. What do you think, Tracy? I think Stevie and Myra Rilke, if if anybody, because uh, Stevie's like he's got a couple of few goals, but he's not really done much. And like Lamella has seemed to be in favour at the minute. That if he doesn't start games, he's coming on. Yeah, but I think Bergwijn for me has been really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, not to say that he can't become a good player in the season. It, it might be another one where we give him another season. Um, it'd probably be fair, seeing as though we give Lamella and Mora plenty of seasons. I think Lamella has, has for me, developed into a brilliant squad player. And, yeah. and and that's it. I don't think you'd have him in your first team. Oh, he can do a job, but he's so hit and miss, Lamella. It's like, look what he did against Fulham the other night where he took it in the box and he took on about four or five players. It was that's, that's amazing. The but, that's the frustrating thing with Lamella is that when he keeps that ball just that 
second too long. Yeah, that's... You know, you can see yeah. the pass on and you're willing for me to play, but it just takes another touch and breaks down. He's one of the most bizarre footballers I've ever seen as well. It's like... It's like he's on drugs or something. He's mental. <laughs> you know, his eyes are always like real wide and he's like the way he runs with the ball, he's, he looks real clumsy. And he's an odd player, but I really like the fact that he, he gets stuck in and against Fulham the other night, look at the difference when he got into the into the side and they brought him on as a sub. He just lifted the, the press in, he lifted the, you know, Fulham started to panic a little bit when they was getting chased down by him. I, I think he's a great player for a squad, but um, no more than that. Yeah, I agree. And, and the other two, I, I agree, more and, and Berg, <coughs> I wouldn't be upset if they went. So, yep, so next question. Well, I'm going to combine two here, because they're, they're sort of linked. Um, this is from Lauren and Darren. Um Obviously, there was our guests on the last podcast. Lauren's question, very straightforward. Um, will we make the top four? But then Darren added, will it be a successful season just falling short of the top four and setting us up for another run in the UEFA Europa League next season? Well, no trophies. No tr- well, I've not mentioned trophies. So, so if we finish fifth and get UEFA, uh, Europa League next season... Will that be classed as a successful season and will we make top four? So I don't think we'll make top four. Well, I'll I'll take fifth and qualify for Europe because there's no guarantees that we're going to win it. Because the other neighbours, they want it as much as us. Uh, I've got sneaky suspicion they might do it more. Don't say it. Simon, don't say it. I know. I don't want to say it, but I hate them that much. You just know. I predicted that we would face them in the final of the Europa League because we've got an Arsenal fan at work and I've said we, it's going to be us two in the final. Oh, I can you imagine that on penalties? <laughs> losing on penalties in the final. Oh, I can't imagine yeah. anything. It's nearly as bad as when... Um, and I had to leave the pub at the time when Chelsea beat Bayern Munich in the Champions League final. It meant we didn't get there. The only ta- the only team to ever not got to the Champions League for finishing fourth. It yeah. was us. Unbelievable. It had to happen to Spurs and I, and I can see the same thing happening with us. We'll shit out somehow and and, and the scumbags will... Oh, it's not worth thinking about. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh... So I've left this question till last because I've got a funny feeling it might be pointed at me. Um, this is from Anna, my partner. <laughs> so it says, Spurs are first and foremost, but what is the biggest event you have missed to watch a football match? Oh, that's a good question. So Can I go first? Go on then. <laughs> I, I got married three years ago. And on my wedding day, Spurs played West Ham. And I timed my wedding where the reception, the, the, wed, the wedding ceremony was finished in time for me to watch the match. And then, <laughs> and then the reception in the evening would start so that I could finish watching the match. So that's my that was my wedding day. Oh, that is good. That's some good work. That. That is really good. Come on, hurry up. I've got a game to watch. Yeah. <laughs> 
it really <laughs> true that I got I got in the car uh, after reception and it's like, come on, what's first score? I need to get back, you know. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, because I was the one who planned most of it. Where did have a when did it have a say? <laughs> well, I, I, I can't top that. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything that I've really put put spares forward for in front of anything else. I don't think anything's kind of fallen into place like that. It's, so I've, I've not really had to sacrifice anything, which is which is good. Sorry, Simon. Well, I, I'm the opposite. Um, I had to sacrifice not going to the FA Cup final watch City when they played Arsenal because Owen Rovers was played at Newcastle Magic Weekend. Ah, nice. So, no, sorry, it was at Manchester. It was Manchester Weekend, not Newcastle. And it was like, I'd just go whip to the toilet and get some to eat. And City was 2 up. And I was like, I can't believe it. They're going to win the FA Cup. And then... Yeah. And, and then, they out there. And then this bloody messed it all up for us, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you know what? It's like last season's FA Cup, watching Chelsea thinking, ah, Chelsea will be Arsenal. Arsenal are shit. And they go and win it. And it was just like, oh, fucking hell, we've got to go. It, it meant, obviously, that we play so many games this season as well. But again, it always has a knock-on effect for Spurs, doesn't it? Like, the success of other other teams always has a knock-on effect for us. Yeah. The bastards. Oh. So I did, I did a bit of research for my answer because so, I remember it really clear and I just couldn't remember the date. My ex-wife was having some difficulties with her with the pregnancy when my daughter was being born and she was fast asleep in the maternity hospital while Spurs were playing Wimbledon in the 1999 Cup semi-final and we beat them 1-0 to get to the final and I remember dancing around the room punch in the air, very, very quietly, but, uh, yeah, trying to hide my emotions while my ex-wife was laid there in the early stages of labour with my daughter. <laughs> and we won it that year, so that was always a bonus. <laughs> I remember, I remember, that was a surprise, wasn't it, the Wimbledon game? Um, wasn't it? It was two legs. It was two legs, yeah. It was two legs, yeah. Yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. We played it six times that season and I remember we played four, four in one month and Stefan Front was asking if Wimbledon was the only team that we ever played yeah. <laughs> he was a good player well he, he wasn't that great was he Stefan Freund he's just a legend didn't he he, he, yeah, he, he was he used to put it about didn't he yeah all right, cool. So, uh, all right, let's wrap it up then, and we'll we'll go for score predictions for Sunday. Um, Simon, what do you think? Palace. Oh, it's getting harder and harder to predict because I need to get it higher up. But going on the Burnley performance, you'd go for a Spurs win, but then you go to the Fulham performance and you think they might just scrape a draw against Palace. Because Palace can turn it on when they want them. So, I might I don't have to sit on the fence and go for a draw. I don't know if Spurs have got a winner in them. Until you see the team shape, you just don't know. So uh, I'll go for 1-1 one, one draw. 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah. Tracy, what do you think? I'm going to go for 2-1 Spurs win. Uh, I think Kane's going to score. I think, I've got a feeling Deli Ali might get on the scoreboard as well. That'd be good. Good for his confidence if he does. Yeah. 
So two one, two one to, to Spurs. Andy, what do, what do you think? I agree pretty much with what Simon was saying. It's the it's a tough tough call because Palace have some quality players. Um, Zaha is supposed to be back um, for them tomorrow. But you know, when I woke up this morning, knew we was having this conversation. I said two 0 Spurs, so I'm going to stick my neck out and go two 0 Spurs. Yeah, I agree with that. I was going to go two 0 Spurs as well. I think I think it's typical Spurs fan to be pessimistic in in score lines and you always think oh, the worst but I've got a feeling that we might play really well on Sunday and, and get until them. you see the team it's it's hard to call isn't it yeah it, it, you're, you're absolutely right it's until you see the full backs and know the partnership in the centre half when we see the team sheet and it's uh, Doherty Diaz Sanchez Davis at the back Sissoko and Winks in the middle oh. <laughs> Don't make me cry. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, 2-0, I think. Um, I think we'll do it. I think we'll play really well. I think the only concern I've got is how knackered Harry Kane is. So, I think I think it's not been long between the last game. So, hopefully, yeah, we've got some well-earned rest. Get, get two early goals and get him off. Yeah, I would. Because yeah, it's, it's Thursday we'll play after that again, isn't it? It says it's, is it the UEFA League um, this week as well? So, uh, yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll leave it there then for episode four. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming on. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Tracy. No thanks again, Andy. Yeah. Um, no and we'll see you on the next episode. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Spurs. The Glory Game, brought to you by Hull Spares, an official Tottenham supporters group.